0: I'm Valerie and I'm Imra and we are Two African-Americans
1: welcome to Two African-Americans a place for courageous conversations that heal we're discussing firsts today inspired by an article about General Michael Langley, the Marine Corps' first African-American four-star general. Emma and Valerie highlight more incredible achievements in technology, healthcare, and the arts by people you may not have heard about before. What does it take to be first? How do we stand up in our identity and gifts and become resilient in the face of opposition? Today, we celebrate those who have done just that in episode 11, Famous Firsts. Wow. Today,
2: we're going to talk about first. Um, This came about after reading an article about General Michael Langley. He is a four-star general, African-American. He is the first four-star general in the history, the 246-year history of the United States Marines. He is only the second African-American general ever named. Um, and I say this because in 246 years, there have only been two, and he is the first four-star general. This happened in August of 2022. So it made me start to think, where, what are some of the other firsts for people in different ethnic um, categories? first, like the first African-American or the first indigenous or the first Latino to do certain um, things here that were traditionally, the roles were held by white or dominant culture. And so l- let's just look at some of that today.
0: That'll be fun. I looked a little bit at the, the Hispanic and it is really amazing. We, I'm always fascinated by how things are made. If I drive past the sugar mill or a paper mill, I think of how much fun it would be to go inside and actually see how you get what you're using. We take for granted everything we have. It just is. A chair is just there. Paper is just there. But it takes an enormous amount to produce that, and it is extremely exciting. Mm -hmm. Where did that first thought come from? Mm -hmm. How did that creation actually start? makes me think in terms of when that God created and we look at the wonders that he did and that he gifted mankind with with minds that can do the same that we can actually create that we can come up with brilliant things yes so I looked a little I had no clue and and it is so much fun who came up with these things we take for granted if think of color tv I know America got colored TV long before we did in South Africa. We you had TVs before we ever had televisions in South Africa. We never really went through the early years of that there. But in 1960 uh, uh we got it went from black and white to color here. And thanks to a patent filed in 1940 for a chromosomic adapter for television equipment by Guillermo Gonzalez Camarino of Mexico. Mm. He was an electric engineer. He specialized in an electronics at the Polytech Institute of Mexico and created the first trichromatic field sequential system. And it transmits moving images in variations of red green and blue to achieve a spectrum of color that's unbelievable so
2: so we can thank him for lucy going from black and white to full color (laughs) that's pretty neat i i can appreciate that wow What did some you discovered? Wow. Well, you know, being in the medical field, I'm a registered nurse. One of the things that really intrigued me was Dr. Charles Drew. He was an African-American surgeon and researcher, and he actually patented and came up with the procedure of storing blood products. This made a tremendous uh, development. It was a tremendous development when you think about World War II because this is around the time that it happened. And he was able to find out how to store plasma. And by doing this, he was able to get plasma to soldiers who were injured and were in desperate need of blood while they were as as they were injured in the field Uh, he went on to find out how to blood bank uh, according to different types and to set up one of the first not one of but the first blood banking institute Uh, and this was in the 1940s and so he became the director of the American Red Cross blood bank So because of Dr. Charles Drew, an African-American surgeon who, against all odds, became a surgeon in the 1940s, my goodness, not only was he a well-respected surgeon, but he went on to change the face of blood banking. So today, when you go in and you give blood, you have Dr. Charles
0: Drew to thank for the process that has saved millions of lives. Wow, that is incredible. And thinking on medical things, the stent was invented by Palmas Schatz, and it's called the Palmas Schatz stent, uh, receiving the pattern. And he was from Argentina. He furthered the advances made in angioplasty surgery. And then X-ray, the X-ray reflection microscope was in um, brought about and co-invented He was a Mexican-American physicist, Albert Vencino Baez, Mm. with Stanford physics professor Paul Kilpatrick in 1948. Wow. Uh, It's incredible how long ago some of the things we are using today, and we think of ourselves as so brilliant and all the things we're coming up with, but these are everyday things Absolutely. that we actually use, and they came about, and even artificial heart. Mm-hmm. Domingo Santo Lioci was born in Argentina to Italian immigrants, and he became a pioneer in heart surgery. It... Pfft, kind of blows Mm, your mind how long ago these things actually happened it
2: does well let's kind of bring it into today because you would think back in the 1940s 1930s 1950s we could understand that this was pioneering work that was happening that people of different descent um, outside of the dominant culture were coming up with amazing inventions that were changing the way that we live and our you know what happens to us health wise That those were groundbreaking things um, because of the day and age that they were born and lived and existed in. But let's look at some things that are happening in today's society that you would think, man, wouldn't we be so well beyond that? I think of Misty Copeland. I have a four-year-old granddaughter who is about to be five on Saturday. Happy birthday. (laughs) And she loves dance. And right now she is into the whole cheerleading thing, but we're phasing her into dance. And to know that Misty Copeland, as a young African-American girl, was told that her body was not the right shape or musculature for dance. And she was discouraged from becoming a dancer. In fact, she didn't even start taking lessons until she was, if I remember correctly, I think she was about 10. Which for most prima ballerinas, that's old. (laughs) They start when they're little, little girls, like three and four years old. Um, But she was told because of her musculature that she did not have the right body to become a prima ballerina. And so Misty, who also came from a family who could not afford lessons, began to take lessons at a community center. And when she did, they began to notice how quickly she picked up and the fact that she was able to uh, gain ground that, like I said, uh, young girls who were much younger than her because they had training their whole life, were able to do. But Misty was told that she couldn't. Do you know that it took until 2015 for the American Ballet Theater, one of the prime premier ballet theaters, to have a prima ballerina of African-American descent? It was 2015. And this from a young lady who was told she did not have the right body type. I'm going to tell you, Emma, as an African-American mother, it makes me wonder how many of our beautiful girls who could dance did not get the opportunity because they were discouraged at a young age.
0: It, it would be incredible, too. I'm imagining there are a ton of stories, and mm-hmm. we hope that you as listeners If you have these stories, I've always been inspired by stories when it seemed impossible, Mm -hmm. it became possible. Well, we do. We're gathering one million stories of when God made what seemed impossible, possible. And we would love any of your one page stories to that event because it truly lets others know, don't think something is not possible, but it does take. And, And I think for us, each of us. It takes extraordinary commitment to actually push through to our next level, mm-hmm. and it is it, it always it is so inspiring when someone has so many odds against them and yet rise up and achieve. I Absolutely, d- it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'm looking here a little at the um, Asian culture and the in. 95 Respirator was by scientist Peter Tsai, and he invented that in the 1990s, and so much came from that. The Star Compass uh, by a native Hawaiian navigator, um, it is, it's quite incredible how many cloning the HIV virus uh, by Wong Stahl as sentenced in 1980s, mm-hmm. that, that did so much. Absolutely, that there's so many um, discoveries of
2: medications and how to actually uh, deal with patients that have uh, HIV. It used to be a death sentence, but because of that, now there are medications that a person can live a life where their viral count is
0: almost at zero because of that discovery. It's and and. I just look at this one, USB. I never knew, sorry, mm, what it actually stood for. But here it is, Universal Series Bus. didn't know that. <laughs> Technology was um, created by an Indian-American computer architect, Ajay Bhatt. Wow. Well, and, ta- speaking phew. of
2: indigenous, we have Jody Wilson-Rabold. And I'm going to probably butcher this tribe that she is... Uh, of descent, but it's the Kwakwak. Qua, Qua, Kwak. Qua, Qua. Qua, Qua, Qua. Yeah, uh huh. Try saying that seven times fast. Two times fast. <laughs> but she became the first Indigenous person to be appointed as a Canadian Minister of Justice and an Attorney General. Uh, and I say, I point this out because we're talking about indigenous land that was the land that her family was born on and born to and it took until um, I'm thinking it was 20 looks like it said it was twenty two thousand two 2002 when she was appointed so it took that long for someone of indigenous descent from that Canadian area to become a, a prime minister in her own Country.
0: Wow, I just have to pause a little and think of of that. What that means would be great to sit with her and actually hear the story. Mm-hmm. And w- what did it take? What does it take to be first? Mm. What does it take in spite of? Where are you from, who you are, male, female, culture, color, race? What does it take to be first? Mm, one thing I know for sure
2: and is that it takes resilience. Because one of the things that mm. I was told, and I'm sure probably many others of different ethnic groups and uh, were told, is that you have to be twice as good work 10 times as hard to gain ground and I don't say that as an indictment because I know many people who have had to work hard to get where they are but the the playing field is definitely not a level playing field and we know the Supreme Court just moved to Uh, just moved to strike down affirmative action, and I'd love for us to do an episode to discuss what that can and will do to some of the progress of the first that we've talked about today. And um, I think a lot of people have said this, and I've heard it many times, uh, Emma, is, well, we've had a black president, Doesn't that mean that all things are post-racial?
0: I think that's another conversation for us to have. And I also think as we link all these things, another conversation to have is about identity. How do I stand in my identity In spite of. Mm -hmm. Thinking of these people today that created these things that, that came to mind and figured out a way to bring it to life. And we are living the gift for generations from what they accomplished. Wow. How do I stand tall and do what has been planted within me? Yes.
1: Thank you for joining us today on Two African Americans. We so appreciate your support as we delve into these sensitive topics. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast topics, please reach out to us at twoafricanamericans at gmail.com. Have a great day.